0: Dr. Jason Lancaster.
1: I am going to give a missions sermon from the book of Ruth. And we will learn from the book of Ruth that our God is a missionary God who has a desire to see the nations come into relationship with Him. Because God is on a mission to bring salvation to the nations. And say it over and over again today, that God is on a mission to bring salvation to the nations. Last week we had our Chicago church planter up here, Tim Ophis, who planted a church in the North Park area of Chicago, and he talked about how his neighbors on his right and on his left and around him are from the nations. And if Tim wanted to be a missionary overseas to reach these certain people who've come from these nations, he would have to raise support learn a language and go through years of training before he was sent overseas. But all he has to do now is step out his door and share the gospel because the nations have been dispersed among other nations where many people know Jesus. And the nations are living next door to many of us and it's an opportunity for the church to share the gospel. And it's an opportunity we don't wanna miss because God has this pattern often of moving people around to bring them salvation. And that's what we have in the book of Ruth. As God is moving people around, a foreigner, Ruth, is is brought to God's people. And now Ruth is an immigrant who ends up knowing God and, get this, ends up in the line of the genealogy of Jesus, who is the Savior of the nations. Isn't it amazing how that works out? God is on a mission to bring salvation to the nations. And what I'm hoping for this morning is that you will not zone out or disengage, but that you will see God's heart for the nations, and they will reignite your heart for the nations as well. All right, let's, let's pick it up in Ruth chapter 2. And I want to really impress it upon you that Ruth is a foreigner. The book of Ruth wants to make sure you understand this. And I'm going to go through several passages just in the book of Ruth that indicates that she is a foreigner. She is a Moabite. You don't have to go through these with me. You can write these down and look them up later. But Ruth, the book is really wanting you to know that Ruth is not an Israelite. Let me read these to you, okay? Listen to these. Ruth chapter 1, verse 22. So Naomi returned, and with her, Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter in law. Ruth chapter 2, verse 2. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Ruth chapter 2, verse 21. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, Ruth chapter 4, verse 5. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth the Moabitess. Ruth, chapter 4, verse 10, also Ruth the Moabitess. What is going on here? You just need to say it one time and then we'll just go by Ruth. But it keeps bringing it up over and over and over again to communicate something to us that Ruth is not an Israelite. In fact, it's been said that Ruth is an ethnic outsider. She is an ethnic outsider, she's being brought in to the people of god from the outside and we're going to see boaz just display great kindness to her in our text this morning so let's pick it up ruth chapter 2 verse 14. ruth 14 and chapter 2. at mealtime, boaz said to her come here that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar So she sat beside the reapers, and he served her roasted grain, and she ate and was satisfied and had some left over. Boaz invites this foreign Moabite woman to have lunch with his people. This is like the most popular guy in school inviting the least popular girl to his lunch table. But it's on another level. Because I want you to know, maybe my, my guess is most of you don't know this, but this is, this is kind of striking. Do you know who the Moabites are? Do you know how they came about? Lot, this guy named Lot, had an ancestral relationship with his daughter and they had a son named Moab. That's gross, right? That's the Moabites. And the Israelites and the Moabites went at it. The Israelites did not care for them. In fact, there was some hatred and animosity toward them. And the Moabites not only worshiped false gods, they worshiped this god, Chemesh, where they would make sacrifices, child sacrifices to. That, that's the Moabites. And here's this girl, a Moabite, coming to the lunch table to eat with the boss and with all these people. Isn't that amazing what is going on here? What is happening? is that Boaz is welcoming this ethnic outsider and he's showering her with love and he is blessing her my last church in Chicago had a sister congregation of our Congolese brothers and sisters our Congolese brothers and sisters they they fled uh, um, their, their country because of war and a lot of poverty, and a lot of issues. So they, they were over there, and there was a congregation. They were just around the corner from us, and we would do stuff together. And on one occasion, we went to worship with them. And while we were there, we, we took up this offering as they would, uh, would send money back to their country for this sewing, sewing machine ministry where they would make stuff for people who, who needed things. And there was this big offering that was taken that day, and, and the pastor, uh, a good friend of mine, his name is... Uh, Kikiti Kikama, I love that name. I used to meet with him all the time, and we, we met together, and he said, I just, I just want to say, you, have, you guys are such a blessing to us. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, that, that, that offering was amazing. Wasn't that great? He said, no, 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 no. The offering was fine. But you guys just worshiping with us, that matters. Because our people come over here to this country and they feel like nothing. They don't know the language, and they feel like no one cares for them, and for you guys to come and worship with us shows that you value us. Do you realize that no one within the family of God should ever feel like an outsider? No one within the family of God should ever feel like an ethnic outsider ever within the body of Christ. Look what goes on here. Let's, let's keep going, all right? Verse 15, verse 15. When she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his servant, saying, Let her glean among the sheaves, and do not insult her. Also you shall purposely pull out for her some grain from the bundles, and leave it that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. Often the reapers, Boaz's employees, had to beat away greedy gleaners or verbally scold them in order to protect the grain. But also, I think something else may be going on here besides that. I think that Boaz's employees see this Moabite woman coming over and they have ethnic hostilities toward the Moabite people. And maybe they have some jealousies on why Boaz is treating this this immigrant, this foreigner, this Moabite woman so well. And, And maybe they want to physically and verbally abuse her. But Boaz wants her blessed. In fact, he says, as you go along and you drop some stuff, go ahead and drop more, throw out some extra so she can pick it up and be blessed. Because what Boaz is doing is he's inserting love into ethnic tension Boaz is inserting love into ethnic tension and unfortunately we don't see a lot of that in our world today because rather than love our world is about excluding others those who are a different color than us those who are of a different race than us a different nationality a different socioeconomic background get excluded I come down here to Arkansas I have I have black kids that are my children there's a lot of racists in this area. Just letting you know. And I just want to say, that should never, ever be a part of the people of God. Ever. We would We don't exclude people. I want to make this statement. I want to put it up on the screen. Though we preach an exclusive Gospel, it is not exclusive in its love and proclamation. Though we preach an exclusive Gospel, it is not exclusive in its love and proclamation. That means that we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There's no other way. There is life, death, and resurrection through faith in Christ, only way to be saved. It's exclusive. But it is not exclusive in our proclamation. We never say, oh, you can have it, but you can't. No, but we spread it out to all. And not only the gospel proclamation, but we also spread out the love to all. We don't say, I'm gonna give you a little love here, a little love, no, no, we, we love all, right? So it's exclusive gospel, but not exclusive in its proclamation. Why? Because God's intent on blessing and saving the nations. And Boaz is getting this. And as we come on into the New Testament, you th- I mean, this might make sense. You might think, well, well, everybody's always believed this. No, they haven't. Remember Peter? Peter had some issues with the Gentiles. And God showed him in Acts 10 that rather than disting himself from Gentiles, that the Lord of the nations wanted to save the nations. So we even see Peter learning this in the New Testament. And maybe some of us need to learn this, that we want to insert love, even in the midst of ethnic tensions. Look at verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening, Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. The Lord's blessing Ruth so much. She collected so much grain. She's got about 30 pounds worth, which is about a half month's salary, just in one day. Verse 18. She took it up and went to the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also took it out and gave Naomi what she had left after she was satisfied. All right, so... She's out there. She's working in the morning, a little fearful, not sure where she should go. She ends up in this field. Naomi has no clue on how her day went. Remember this? So Ruth comes home. She's got about 30 pounds of, of barley and some left over. She gives Naomi a little bit for, for lunch. I'm sure she's a little hungry. And then her mother in law is like, What? What in the world? Look at all of that! Amazing. And then Naomi says this in verse 19. Her mother-in-law then said to her, where did you glean today and where did you work? May he who took notice of you be blessed. Naomi wants to know all the details. What, what, what in the world? Who blessed you with all of this? Now, this is the, one of the most pivotal passages in, in Ruth, and this is why. You know who blessed Ruth, right? You know Boaz, and you kind of know his connection that he can bring Ruth and Naomi out of their bad situation, okay? You know that. Ruth knows Boaz, but she doesn't know Boaz's connection to Naomi. So she thinks no, Boaz is a great guy, but she has no clue of the, the family connection. And then Naomi doesn't know any of that. She just knows that some guy has blessed, her, blessed Ruth and blessed her, and it's wonderful, but she doesn't know that it's Boaz. Isn't that amazing how the story is just kind of building, 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 and building until this point right here. This point right here. Look at verse 19. You ready for it? You ready for it? So she told her mother-in-law, with whom she had worked and said, The name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. This changes everything. Look at verse 20. Naomi starts to freak out. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed to the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness to the living and to the dead. Again, Naomi said to her, The man is our relative, He is one of our closest relatives. You you don't share her excitement. (laughs) (laughs) This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Because the fact that Boaz is showing kindness to them and he's their close uh, relative, and that he is, as it says, one of our closest relatives, is the fact that Boaz can be a redeemer. All right? I'm gonna have to explain some, explain some family law to you <laughs> or some family situation to you, and maybe you'll get excited after this. There's this concept of a kinsman redeemer, all right? Kinsman redeemer. This is in the Old Testament. This stuff you can read later. And the idea is this. Some people that are kinsman redeemers, males, were to imitate God who redeemed Israel out of Egypt and brought them into prosperity. And there are these occasions where males would step up and act as kinsmen redeemers in order to protect the clan, all right? So I'm gonna give you some examples of this. I'm gonna give you four, all right? You probably only remember one, but I'm gonna give you four examples are where a male relative could step in and help someone in the family for the benefit of the clan. Situation number one. Let's say that someone got into a really bad situation and in order to pay off some debts, they had to sell themselves into slavery. The relative, the kinsman redeemer, would come along and go and redeem their relative from slavery. You get it? Kinsman redeemer. That's something they would step up to do. Another situation. Let's say that on another occasion, that if a relative was hitting hard times and had to sell some of their property. That's something you don't want to do. Then a kinsman redeemer would step in, provide the funds, and buy back the property so they could stay within the family. Situation number three. Let's say that a relative was murdered. Then the kinsman redeemer could step up and track down the killer in order to avenge death. Now situation number four, which has to do with Ruth. The situation in Ruth shows that a kinsman redeemer could also step up and make provision for an heir if a male relative died without children. Now are you excited for Naomi? That's what she's excited about. She's like, what, Boaz? That guy right there. That guy right there can turn our entire situation around because he's our close relative. In fact, he can be our kinsman redeemer. And she's excited. And why we should be excited is that Boaz's redemption of Ruth is a greater picture of the redemption of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. You see, Boaz's redemption of Ruth is a picture of the greater redemption of one who will descend from Ruth and redeem us from sin and redeem us from the wrath of God and redeem us from eternal separation in hell. He redeems us and brings us to himself. And so as Boaz redeems Ruth, one from another nation, so Jesus will come as a descendant of Ruth and Boaz to redeem the nations. And that's the good news. As Boaz redeems Ruth, one from another nation, so Jesus will come as a descendant of Ruth and Boaz to redeem the nations. And that's us. And we get in on that. And that's the good news. Verse 21. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, Furthermore, he said to me, You should stay close to my servants until they have finished all my harvest.'" Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter in law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his maids so that others do not fall upon you in another field. So she stayed close by the maids of Boaz in order to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother in law. So Ruth finishes up her duties in the field until the end of the harvest. Then she continued to live with Naomi, and we are left to wonder. Is that it? Is that the end of the story? Does Boaz's kindness go no further? I mean, it's one thing to show kindness to a foreigner, but would Boaz go as far as to marrying her with his Redeemer responsibilities? I mean, it's one thing for Boaz to say, yeah, I want to introduce you to someone. This is Ruth the Moabitess. And it's another thing for Boaz to say, yeah, let me introduce you to somebody. This is Ruth my wife what's going to happen stay tuned (laughs) come back next week (laughs) the encourager from this passage shows us clearly that God's heart for the nations is not just a New Testament idea Did you know that God has a heart for the nations even in the Old Testament it starts all the way with Abraham we know in Genesis 12 that God has a blessing in store for the nations that through the seed of Abraham, the nations will be blessed. And through faith in the Savior, they will have salvation blessings. That ethnic and racial barriers will be overthrown to bring salvation to the nations. We have a hint here in Ruth, and we see God's mission marching through the Bible. And we come to the very end of Bible. And in Revelation... Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. It says, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. God has a heart of drawing the nations to Himself through Jesus Christ. And if that's God's heart, I want that to be my heart. If that's God's heart, I want that to be your heart. And if that's God's heart, this clearly has implications for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to share with you these three implications of having a heart for the nations. Implication number one, we need to keep the nations in front of you. Keep the nations in front of you. Part of our missionary interviews that we do on the stage on Sunday morning is to keep the nations in front of you. We have missionaries all over the world and we invest in these missionaries and they go to people groups to share the gospel and we wanna keep them in front of us. We have an amazing missions team that I want to embarrass right now and have the committee stand. Come on now, stand up. You're on the missions committee? There better be some people here. Can I see you? I see you. These people are responsible for keeping the nations in front of you. And so when you see them after church today, go up to them and say, keep the nations in front of me. That's their role. The second thing is that we can be involved personally. And I'm going to ask you a difficult question that you may have not thought about recently, but I'm just going to ask you, is that who can you reach out to today that would be considered an outsider? Maybe an ethnic outsider maybe a social economic outsider, or maybe they are like the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners. Who are the people in the circles that you run in that are considered outsiders? In what ways can you love them? In what ways can you share the gospel with them? There are stories that I see of that going on in our congregation. I think of two people right now who are aggressively loving and pursuing a local Ethnic outsider. It's a story I'm not going to tell. It's a personal story. But there are other personal stories going on here where people are reaching out to outsiders, socioeconomic outside Who in the circles you run can you reach out to with the gospel? Who can you love? And the last one, number three, is that we want to invest in reaching the nations. It's interesting that where our money goes, so goes our heart. If you're investing in a certain people and giving money that direction, then your heart will naturally follow that direction. And earlier we heard from Bob Warner talking about the Gideons. As the Gideons are passing out the Word of God, getting the Word of God out locally, nationally, and globally, people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. They are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, not only locally, not only nationally. But globally. And I was interacting with Bob. I said, Bob, give me a story. And Bob always has stories. He said, give me a story of something that's going on internationally. And he told me about a situation that was really cool in Colombia, with the idea that really fits with Ruth that there are no disposables in God's world. There are no disposables in God's world. Because you may know in Colombia there's a significant number of people who make a living from the city garbage dumps. They don't have a place to live, and they just spend their days and nights in these dumping areas. They even get their food from there. Well, one day, there's this guy named Usame, and he was searching through the, the trash, and he, and he found a Gideon Bible. And on the Bible, there's this gold lettering, and he thought, well, maybe it's worth something, but he didn't know how to read. And so he had this Gideon Bible, and he goes and he meets with this friend who knew how to read, Uh, because Yusume did not read and he says you know can you teach me to read and let's use this bible as the book that we're going to read in Spanish so his friend using the bible taught Yusameh to read and over time Yusameh came to put his faith in Jesus Christ and he gets saved by going to the trash getting the bible reading the word of God put his faith in Christ and it didn't stop there because this guy went on to disciple and lead Bible studies to others to the point where he was invited to the presidential palace to lead a Bible study. Are you making the connections here? There are no disposables in God's world and it just makes me think about Ruth as this outsider, just like Yusameh, who's brought into the family of God because we do not exclude people. We have an exclusive gospel but it's not exclusive in its proclamation. And the good news is we have people all around the world who are coming to faith in Jesus Christ and becoming our brothers and sisters. And it's our responsibility to say, hey, to the outsider, come on in. Hey, to those the world disposes of, come on in. Because God has a heart for the nations. And we want our heart to follow His.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message.